Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ashleen. And I'm Gracie. And once upon a time, we were a podcast that talked about both feminist and inclusive tests. And then we also asked the most important question of them all. Is the movie good? And will this episode have a happily ever after? Probably not. (laughs) So guess what, you guys? It's Gracie's birthday month. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. It's Christmas. I don't give a fuck. It is all about me this month. And all about me this month means talking about fantasy book to film adaptions. And I have two movies I really fucking hate, one I really fucking love, and one Ageline picked because it was necessary. Which one did I pick again? The Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. You picked Harry Potter. Yeah. But we're going to start off with one I absolutely fucking hated. Tell us how you really feel. Imagine it. Picture it. Gracie. 2002. Reading this wonderful book by Gail Carson Levine called Ella Enchanted. About a young girl who meets a prince and whose mother ends up passing away and at the funeral meets this prince and they become really good friends and she's cursed with obedience she has no choice but to be obedient anytime somebody tells her to do something she has to do it right she's she's also very clumsy because she has really small feet you know and her her housemaid mandy says that she's got fairy feet because she has a drop of fairy blood in her but she she ends up like ends up going to boarding school and her dad tries to marry her off to some old guy, but then realizes that the old guy doesn't have any money. So then he marries this rich widow whose daughters treat her like absolute fucking shit. And all the while she's having this wonderful back and forth letter conversation with this very handsome young prince. Who then, after two years, asks her to marry him. And she doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. And so she says no. And then he demands it without meaning to. And so she agrees because she has no choice. But then she ends up breaking the spell over herself because she doesn't want to see her kingdom and her prince suffer because of the curse of obedience that she has. And she reaches within herself and frees herself from her curse and then gets to marry the love of her life, who she has had a relationship with and a friendship with for at least two fucking years. And then you hear that this wonderful book that you love is going to be turned into a movie, right? You're so excited. It's got Anne Hathaway from Princess Diaries in it. Oh, that's going to be fun. And then you go to the movie theaters and you watch it. And it has nothing at all in common with the book that you love. I hate this movie. I fucking hate it. (laughs) This is my first time ever watching this movie. (laughs) All right. We'll get into why I don't like it. But I've given you essentially... The plot of the book at the beginning. I wanted you to hear the plot of the book at the beginning. Okay. Okay? Okay, that's the plot of the book. Now, 
This movie was directed by Tom O'Haver. Tom O'Haver has also directed An American Crime and Netflix is the Most Hated Woman in America. That's really it. Wow. Oh, and they also they also directed Get Over It, which we're going to be covering when we do our Shakespeare and classic literature adaptions in like March or April. That's oh my god, they did that one too? Yes. That movie was awful. Oh, it is. He does not have very good history. Anyway, it was written by Laurie Craig and Karen McCullough. Laurie Craig has also written Ramona and Beezus and also written Polly. Rio 2. Uh, Karen McCullough also wrote... Uh, Karen McCullough, we've seen before. Uh, they've written The Ugly Truth, The House Bunny, Legally Blonde, 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay? I definitely see the 10 Things I Hate About You influence in this film. Holy shit. Now that I know that one of the writers was on 10 Things I Hate About You, holy shit, Ella's character is essentially Cat. Oh my god. Also, also, did you know that this woman has also written... uh, Sorry, this blows my mind. Okay, so she she has written the untitled Spice World sequel. Oh no. Which is an animated Spice Girls musical. Oh no. Co-written by Kiwi Smith who has also helped with Ella Enchanted and Legally Blonde. Okay, so here's the thing. We have we have met this duo several times before on this podcast. Yeah. We have talked about the house bunny, we talked about the ugly truth. Um we've talked about uh Legally Blonde, right? One of the films we're gonna do next year is Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. So, like, these these women have been around the fucking block. They have definitely wrote plenty of movies. Oh, yeah. The, and she's the, the man. Is, yeah, she's the man. Yep. Yep. I mean, this duo has definitely been around the fucking block before. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised. <laughs> um, one of the other act, uh, one of the other writers is Jennifer Heath, um, who has written, uh, pretty much this and some Roseanne TV show uh TV show episodes. Yeah. Um there's like five writers which yikes. The hands in the pot makes so much sense. Ugh, and then Michelle this- Wolf uh has written on this and she hasn't really done much except for The Bad Girls Guide and Brotherly Love and a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Episodes of the TV series The Upper Hand and Married with Children. Uh, and she worked on Who's the Boss? And of course, the book is, uh, it's based on the book by Gail Carson Levine, uh, loosely. <laughs> Put Very <it> mildly. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, uh, cast. Cast includes Anne Hathaway as Ella, Hugh Dancy as Char, Carrie Ells as Edgar, Aiden McArdle as Slannon, um, Joanna Lumley as Dame Olga, Lucy Punch as Hattie, Minnie Driver as Mandy. Um, Eric Idle is the narrator. Steve Coogan is Heston. Vivica Fox is Lucinda. I mean, even fucking Jim Carter from Downton Abbey, you know, the butler. Mm-hmm. He plays Nish the ogre. 
I knew I recognized his fucking voice. Well, also, like, the, the girl who played Ella's... Uh, who plays Ella's best friend was uh, in Bend It Like Beckham. I fucking knew it! Yeah. I and, like, knew it! And she has a great... Like, she has an amazing career now. Like, she's been in ER, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, the blacklist, like she's been in a bunch of stuff since then. So yeah, Par- uh, Parminder Parminder Nagra. Yeah, yeah. like she's plays Arita. She's still doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the talent in this film is like amazing. Uh, oh yeah, you have you have a shit ton of really big people in ha- this. Movie. Heidi Klum. Oh yeah, Heidi Klum makes an appearance. It's one of the giants. Yeah, like huge huge amount of talent in this film especially from like um british comedy a lot of mm-hmm. british comedians in this mm-hmm. film right um hugh dancy start, got a start on like bbc he was in like bbc miniseries like daniel deronda had a huge career oh with my hannibal God. i knew the joanna uh lumley uh, from absolutely famous fabulous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of yep. Lucy Punch uh, was in the recent uh, series of unfortunate events on Netflix. She was also in St. Trinian's. And she was in St. Trinian's, yes, yes. Carrie Ells, everybody knows Carrie Ells. Twister, Princess Bride, right? Yeah. Big name. So, I mean, big cast. And I will say, the acting, pretty good. You know, pretty good for what, the material. I think the worst of it was actually Carrie Ells. I think he laid into it just a little too hard. Yeah. But I think that was just the nature of the character he was playing. Um, so this movie has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 57% audience score. So not a lot of people liked it. It's um, It ain't that good, uh, according to people. So we'll talk about it. Now, <clears throat> movie opens um, explaining that Ella is gifted the gift of obedience by Lucinda. Um, And then goes through telling how this gift is actually a curse and how despite the gift slash curse, she has her own mind. She has her own abilities. She, she, you know, she's not just someone who lays down and takes it. She, she's a rebel. Girl boss. She is against... She is against the status quo. Girl fucking. It really is, though, like this. I feel like this was, you know, early 2000s anyways, where it was like. Feminism, but like half assed. Like very, very white feminism, like absolutely very white feminism, like. Okay, so again, in the book, it's based in, like, a medieval fantasy world. It doesn't have any of this shit in it. But in this movie, they make Prince Char out to be almost like a rock star. Hattie's, like, in charge of a fan club for him, and it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, he's like the Aaron Carter, or, like, insane, like a Justin Timberlake. The Harry Harry Styles. The Harry Styles. Yeah, but this was before Harry Styles, so. Well, yeah. But, but like, they play him off as, like, almost a British rock star. There's posters. There's a lot of pop culture references. And it's just like, did you do this because Shrek was so popular? Oh, 100%. Because, like, that was the only thing I could think. Like, it feels like a Shrek robot. Oh, 100%. It's not good. Um, 
Even the ogres sound vaguely like they're supposed to look and sound like Shrek does. It's not good. No. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, again, in the original book, uh, Char's dad is still alive, right? Like, he has a really good relationship with his parents. In the movie, his father was supposedly killed by ogres, which is why King Edgar has instilled... Um, basically segregation laws and he's taking land from people. He's like a fucking authoritarian dictator. Well, that's why I, it's so... An imperialist. Yeah, that's why it's so much like Shrek is because he's essentially like um, Lord Farquaad, Lord Farquaad. In, <laughs> in Shrek. Like that, that. That's how he's acting where it's like uh, the segregation racist like things and, and you're like yeah. uh, why is this such a ripoff of Shrek like stop and that's what it feels like and then you have Ella who is not like other girls uh. Ugh. oh god Char even he says even that to her at one point it. and I gagged I gagged like everybody that was listening in while we were watching the movie when he said Ella Frell you are not like other girls I literally went <laughs> Like, stop. That's not a compliment. That's an insult to every other woman you've ever interacted mm. with. And it's fucked up and misogynistic. Yeah. Stop it. So th so that's stop the it. thing, right? Like, um, so by the way, like, Ella's mom has died, right? Like, yeah. early on. And then tells her not to tell anybody about the gift. Not even her father. For fear that, like, they're going to exploit her for what, you know, because she'll do anything. Yeah, she'll have no choice. So the only other person right. who knows about it is the... Uh, fairy godmother. The, the household fairy. Right. Who honestly feels like a slave because she's not allowed to go against, like, Dame Olga after Olga marries Ella's dad. Like, she's not allowed to say, no, you can't do that, or you can't do this, or, like, move out with Ella at all. Like, she's just not allowed to like, do anything. Is she and get, does she Ella get days off? off? Like, are they paying her? Is Mandy okay? It doesn't seem... No, Mandy is not okay. Like, it's a... Mandy needs help. Yeah. Like, it's a big yikes where you're like, okay. Um, so... Yeah, it, it, so nobody knows about this, not even her father, which is really weird. I feel like her dad should have known about this, but yeah. whatever. Um, so he ends up like marrying this uh, woman, Dame Olga, who is very wealthy and uh, immediately dislikes Ella. And of course, you know, you know, evil stepmother, two evil stepsisters, you gotta have it, right? Um, it is a Cinderella. Yeah, movie. well, exactly, right? So, of course, the two of them discover through, like, you know, different things that uh, Ella's, you know, little secret is she has to be obedient. Right. Yeah. And so Hattie uses that to her advantage. First, by winning a debate when she first figures out that Ella has no choice but to listen. And then by having Ella stop a protest against Ogre Side at a ribbon cutting for a quote unquote mall. 
Again, I don't like the modernization of the film. It's gross. When the original book was medieval. Also, like... I hate that. What was so wrong with having just a medieval movie? Also, like, the outfits were not... Like, some of them were okay, but, like, most of the outfits in this goddamn movie were, like... This weird mashup of, like, the clothes of the early 2000s, which, like, let's be real, hideous. Like, we did not have style in the early 2000s. Like, what the fuck were we even... Like, people are going to look back on that time period and be like, okay, we thought this was the future. Like, fucking jeans underneath a a dress and fucking ties for your belt. handkerchiefs for for shirts yeah and and like yeah not a handkerchiefs for the shirt and then handkerchief in the fucking on your head yeah yeah and then and then like on top of that like mixing it with 70s bohemian almost it's just a weird mashup of style and a lot of the clothing looked really cheap Mm -hmm. like i i don't Like, this movie feels like it put way too much budget into a shitty CGI. Like, because the CGI is fucking trash. It's not that great. It's terrible. It is it is not good CGI. Well, I guess that opening like you can tell when they're using well, the I green guess that screen. opening was like it took a really long time to film and like put together and it wasn't great. Like it wasn't cool looking or it anything. Not. It was just like okay. Yeah, I I could give two yeah. shits. Like the visuals were terrible. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um like El uh, Hattie ends up like getting um her to stop uh, a protest and then has to abandon Arita. Arita by the way has a much more prominent role in the books as Ella's best friend. Um in the movie, she has 10 lines maybe yeah which is unfortunate like they waste they waste arita's character in this oh movie, which is one of the many things i have a oh with. oh exactly like i i'm so mad about what happens it's like yeah we're we're getting yeah. to that part i'm trying to rush through it because the more i talk about it the angrier i get so anyway um ella ends up leaving and what ends up happening is on her way leaving she runs into char and Char does the whole, like, oh, you're not like other girls, huh? This this girl's interesting because she's not fawning all over me. Like, Barf. you know, there's some, she has a brain, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like, that's essentially what we're supposed to think. And then Hattie gets really jealous about it. So then I think the next day or later on that day, she's Hattie is with Ella and her sister. Olive, well, that's the thing. Char had, the like, invited her to his coronation ball. And, like, um, Olga intercepted the invitation, and obviously Hattie and Olive were super jealous, so they end up, like, telling her to do a bunch of stuff, including cut ties with her best friend. Well, first they have her steal shoes and stuff, and so she gets arrested. Oh, yeah. And then, and then they, they cut to her at the house, and then... Hattie's like, yeah, Arita put her up to it. You know, the only woman of color in this movie besides the fairy godmother, Lucinda. Yeah, she did it. And then, and then they tell her to tell Arita that she can never be friends with an Aorthian. 
Which is equivalent to saying, I could never be friends with a black person, right? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And so Ella has no choice but to say it. And I'm just sitting here thinking, this is why I know Mandy has no fucking, like, ability to say anything. Because Mandy doesn't immediately tell Ella, don't do that. Don't listen to them. All of this movie would have been solved if Mandy if fucking Mandy did something. Her, don't listen to them. <laughs> if she would have told Ella, don't listen to them, we wouldn't have had this movie. So anyway, Ella goes to the door. She repeats the atrocious thing that she was forced to say. And then Mandy helps her escape with her boyfriend book, Benny, to find Lucinda and reverse the curse. So now it's a road trip movie with lots of hijinks. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, too, is Mandy accidentally turned her boyfriend into a magic into book. A book. And he's just been hanging out there for the last 20 years. What the fuck? Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Holy shit. It's just like... Poor Benny. Plot. Just like a plot device that was necessary for the narrative, but also is terrible. Well, that's the thing, too. Benny's character is like one of the only other people of color in this entire movie. And he's a book. Is he a color? Yeah. He's of uh, Indian descent. Um, yeah. Huh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, she and Benny go off on this adventure. They run into the elf, Slannon. And Slannon is being picked on um, by some ruffians who want him to sing and dance for him. And... There's a lot in this movie that deals with things that would be considered imperialistic, like colonization, where they're stealing the land of giants and ogres, segregation, where they're forcing non-humans to uh, be regulated to certain jobs and certain jobs only, like elves are only supposed to sing and dance. They're not supposed to be things like lawyers. Um, Giants are supposed to work the fields. Like, that's all they're supposed to do. Okay, so the other thing I have and- to say about this moment, right, where, like, uh, Stannon, uh, and he's like, oh, I'm an elf, but I want to be a lawyer. It was very much in the vein of, like, um, that elf from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that was like, I want to be a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. It's true. And then, like, they, it's laughed off, and he's and because, like, Ella even laughs at him. She's like, really? A lawyer? He's like, yeah, I don't want to sing and dance for the man. I mean. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this movie? So this movie. Like, didn't he ever watch the thing enough, where it's like, don't be a lawyer from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No. Have you never seen um, that? That was after after this I kn- movie. I actually. know. I know. It was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> Anyways, don't be a lawyer. Um. Uh, so yeah, Slannon ends up being part of the the whole ride along. They end up making it to um, like the woods and then get caught up by some ogres. And because, of course, Ella has no choice but to listen, they tell her to just shut her mouth so they can kill her and eat her. And they're lowering her into a pot when, oh, who comes 
uh, who comes on his noble white steed, but Prince Charmont, who rescues her. And then, you know, like, of course, because it's a Cinderella movie, they start to, like, fall in love with each other. And it's so sweet and it's so cute. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, help, tell, I'll help take you to Giantville. And then we end up in Giantville where there's this wedding where Lucinda's supposed to be at. And this is where Prince Charmant's eyes are open to the fact that not all is right in the world. What in the world is going on? Oh no, elves have to be performers and giants are being whipped if they don't do hard labor out in the fields? Yeah. Um. Also, his his whole... But I never wanted to be king. I didn't, I didn't want to be born a prince. I didn't want to be born with privilege. I just want to be a real boy. Like, okay. Yeah. I think, I, I think what it is is, like, Char has a very similar, like, sort of character to Prince Henry in, in, uh, in Ever After. But I think the difference is, is like Henry feels like a real person, whereas Char just feels like a caricature. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I like Hugh Dancy, but this is not his best. No, this whole movie is not anybody's (sighs) best. Um, No, but it's proof that Anne Hathaway does do camp. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Um, So they discover that Lucinda has already left. So... Yeah. Um, Char has like suggested that they visit the castle's like hall of records to find her faster, right? But like, um, they're still at this wedding. They decide to like hang about, and of course, the two of them are falling in love because like, oh my god! And then, and then they kiss. Yeah. After a big, huge somebody to love number. Yeah. And then, and this is the moment where we sh- totally we can see place. that. Uh, like Anne Hathaway can do camp. Yeah. Yeah. So I I like Anne ha- I think Anne Hathaway is like one of the only saving graces of this movie is because she is kind of like that quir- quirky sweet person. The problem is her character is just atrocious compared to the original. Well, that's the thing. That's this the was like probably uh, one of the last movies that she like she did market it. Yeah, kids. like a kid sort of, you know, her post uh, Princess Diaries career. And then it was like after mm-hmm. her that she took on more like adult roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She had to she had to get past this role first. But I think I think she did this and then she did movies like Love and Other Drugs where she's naked 90% of the time. She's like, yeah, fuck that Disney image. I don't want to do it anymore. Hey, listen, um, she's a fucking Oscar winner. Okay. Hell yeah, she is. She is. I, I really like Anne Hathaway. Um, so anyway, they end up making it to the palace. We Edgar meets her and Char at the gates. Slannon gets separated from her. Um, Edgar ends up finding out through Hattie, who sees Ella there, that if Ella is told what to do, she has no choice but to do it. And Edgar is cartoonishly evil. Like, over-the-top cartoonishly evil. Yeah. And it's terrible. Like, I get it. Carrie Ells is, like, king of camp movies. Yeah. Right? Robin Hood, uh, Men in Tights, 
Princess Diaries. I mean, Princess Bride. It's a yeah. He's like he's done a lot of roles throughout the years. So, but like, but I feel like he did kind of go a little bit over the top. It's too yeah. much. It's it's too much. He 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 rolls his R's, which is like a sign of an even evil villain in a kids movie. Yeah, and he's like roll. Um. <laughs> so like, yeah, he learns that like, like uh, she you know can do this right. So he orders her to kill Char at midnight. When Char is going to propose to her at the coronation ball to keep and to keep this plan a secret, and then he he's also known her two days. Yeah, and he's known her two fucking. He days. also reveals that he murdered Char's father, and that the um the prince's death will make him king. So then, like that's when Ella writes Char a letter saying like she's got to leave but she can't explain why and then she has uh, um, Stan and like chain her to a tree hoping that like you know to wait it out. It saves her. But then who should finally pop in but Lucinda and Lucinda's like girl what are you doing because she is a sassy black woman stereotype. Yeah that I didn't. That's another thing. That's big yikes. Big yikes. She's like, girl, what are you doing tied to that tree? And then she's like, no, you've got a ball to go to. Y'all. I fucking hated it. I fucking hated it. And then after she gets unchained from the fucking tree, she is in the ugliest goddamn dress I've ever seen. That fucking taffeta. She was wearing plastic. Mm -hmm. It was ugly as hell. It was like white taffeta and and it was disgusting. It was the worst fucking dress. Oh my god. And then she goes to the ball. She sees she sees Char for two seconds. He immediately drags her to the Hall of Mirrors to propose to her. I don't know where the fuck she was hiding that dagger. But anyway, she pulls it out and then like there's this the only good thing about this movie was this scene in the Hall of Mirrors. With the cinematography. I thought the cinematography in this scene was really nice. With the way the camera was swirling around and she was seeing all of her memories in the mirrors. I thought that was cool. That was cool. I'll give it credit Mm -hmm. there. And then she basically does the you have no power over me thing that uh, Jennifer Connelly's character does in Labyrinth. And she breaks the spell. Yeah, she breaks. But problem is. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. She commands herself to no longer be obedient. And because of this, she frees herself from this gift slash curse. But Char notices the dagger, right? Because they're hugging. And then Edgar has her arrested before she can explain herself. And Char's just going, she tried to kill me. She tried to kill me. And I'm just like, well, bro, you only knew her two days ago. I mean... I mean, bro, you're going to propose to her? Come yeah. on. Come, Come on. on. She wasn't actually trying to kill you, though. Not of her own volition. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she gets locked up. And so Slannon and the giant lady played by uh, the, the supermodel, supermodel Heidi Klum and the ogre played by Mr. Bates. Not Mr. Bates. The what's what's the butler's name in Downton Abbey? <laughs> 
Um, whatever. The butler from Downton Abbey. Anyway, they, they all have to help save her. And one of the most ridiculous things in this entire fucking movie is the fact that Edgar poisons a crown. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. It's, uh... I have a lot of fucking questions. It's, it's... Like, how the fuck do you poison a crown? Yeah. And it has, like, you know, evil green smoke, so you know it's poisoned. How the fuck do you do Also, this? how did that crown, like, the poison not seep into the pillow that the little boy was, like, holding the crown on? Right. I kept, I kept waiting for the kid to drop dead. Um... <laughs> Because he even does this weird thing where he, like, almost rolls his eyes. And also, the, that character from Downton Abbey is Mr. Carson. Mr. Carson, yeah. yes. Excuse me. Mr. Bates was the valet. Yep. Anyway. So, anyway, um, Ella is freed from her prison thanks to Slannon and all his hard work. They break into the coronation hall they save Char. Char's like, well, what do you mean the crown is poisoned? What do you mean Edgar's trying to kill me? And then the snake tries to bite him and he's like, oh, well, I guess you're right, Ella. And then we get this whole scene where Edgar goes, you are not worthy of this crown. Only I am worthy of this crown, crown, crown. And then he puts it on his head and he falls and he's supposed to be dead. And then Ellen Char kiss. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Love, love, love. Kissy, kissy. Yep. And now it's time for them to get married. So they get married. They're dancing to the, it's the end of the Because it would not we be. We finally a, see a Rita. It would not be a movie in the 2000s without the end dance scene with like a dumb song. Yeah. And then we see Arita for the first time since Ella said, I'll never be friends with an Aorthian. Yeah. She doesn't say anything. It's just like, oh, they're friends again because she's dancing at the wedding. There's no resolve, resolution to that conflict. Which, by yeah, the way. which was really fucked and up. And then, and then the movie does something fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. Edgar is still alive, but gets wheeled in. And has bandages all over his head and does a weird face. And it's making fun of people who are in wheelchairs and who might have cognitive dissonance of some sort. Or neurodivergency. That's what I'm looking for. Neurodivergency. And then they wheel him off. Yeah. And it's like just, he j don't go break him Yeah. Now. Don't go break him Like now. he had don't a lobotomy. Like that's what it's. it's Essentially. It's so gross. It's fucking disgusting. And, like, I had forgot that part. Oh, yeah. so, like, everybody just, like, sucked in a breath and went, holy shit, wow, when that happened. Mm -hmm. um, one of our, one of our uh, good friends uh, from Twitch, Levo, was like, what the actual fuck? Except he says it in a really cool British accent that we mock him for, but we love him. He's um, probably <laughs> listening to this, so... He probably is, yes. We love you, Lovo. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, so the movie ends with a big musical montage, and true love conquers all and all that fucking bullshit. <sighs> Edgar wasn't even in the fucking book. Yep. Edgar wasn't in the book at all. There was no poison crown. 
There was none of that shit. Char just was growing and wanted to be a good king. Oh, the cringiest part of the whole movie. When the fucking newly crowned king raises a glass and go, we are a nation of equals. I want to fucking die. Motherfucker, you can't be a nation of equals. You're in a monarchy. A monarchy denotes a person of power over others. Jesus fucking Christ. It was the worst. It was the fucking worst. I hate this movie. I fucking hate it. I hate it with the passion of a thousand fiery suns. <laughs> what about a thousand burning babies? <laughs> it's a lot of babies. It is a lot of babies. Oh, wow. Um. <laughs> Sorry, it's like the dumbest. So- okay, listen, Liz, like, I gotta explain this joke, right? It's the dumbest thing ever, but basically somebody did like a comic and I couldn't even tell you what this comic was I saw it when I was like probably 16 right and somebody was like mm-hmm. in the comic it was like I hate you with the fashion or with the passion of a thousand burning babies and then there was a picture of like a thousand burning babies but they were still alive like they weren't dead or anything and, and they were like mm-hmm. goo goo gaga or whatever right and then the two people are like wow that's a lot of babies so like i don't know it's it's dumb but it's funny only to me and like the three people who've seen that picture fair enough i have one uh sentence from a review that i think perfectly sums this up okay an overcalculated fusion of shrek and the princess bride with all the smarts replaced by smart ass yeah it's true it's true. It takes away all the cleverness of films like Shrek and The Princess Bride. It takes all that cleverness in those movies away and kind of like tries to copy it. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, so, so yeah, that's the movie. Um, it doesn't pass any test. So you're not even going to say At them? all. No. <laughs> it doesn't pass any of them. I'm tired. <laughs> Um, do we want to do um, a few uh, trivia things? No, I don't care. Well, I'm gonna because I think it would be interesting. Okay. All right. So the woman who appears at the ending number carrying Edgar in the cart is actually Anne Hathaway's cousin. Yep. Mm. Um, and then also Anne Hathaway sang all her own songs. In the movie. And the Hall of Mirrors scene mm-hmm. was the most difficult to film due to the mirrors and the complexity of the camera angles. And that-, that explains why the cinematography in that room was the best. They actually had to fucking think about their placement. Yep. Look at that. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I got. I'm trying to look for a thanks IMDb. Oh, the director did make a cameo. He was the squirrel on a stick vendor. Hmm. Also, not to be confused with Amy uh, Adams' Enchanted, which came out three years after this was released. Thanks, IMDP. Let me tell you right now, that movie, way better. Way better. Does a fucking fantastic job of being a satire of Disney princess movies. 
Good movie. Really like that one. Hate this one. Anyway, that's all I have to say about this. Um, <clears throat> is this movie feminist? No, it's doing that corporate woke bullshit where it pretends to be, but really isn't. And then, like, they harp on some shit that is wrong and could be a critique of the United States. But then they just kind of go, eh, it's a movie for kids. And then they let it be. Uh, do I think this movie is good? No, I fucking hate this movie. Also, Again, like, Sir Edgar's character was essentially Prince John from fucking Robin Hood. Like, the Disney version. He even had a snake. Yeah. Like, as a oh, sidekick. God, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's parodying Shrek what Shrek was parodying Disney. <laughs> like, it's just bad all the way around. Mm -hmm. Do not like. Do not like. Um, Ashley, uh, what about you? Is this movie feminist to Fuck you? no. Get out. Is this movie good? No. I, I, okay. It was just bad. <laughs> it wasn't a good movie. It, it was, is. you know what? It like, I feel like if I would have watched it around this time, like, cause I think I was, how old would I have been? Like, mm -hmm. like 15, 16. I probably would have thought it was cheesy, but I probably would have like kind of enjoyed it at the time. I, I, I mm -hmm. also feel like I was a little bit too old. Like, if I would have watched this at the age of 12 or 13, I probably would have loved this movie, let's be real. Yeah, and I get that. And, like, I was very excited when I went to watch it because, hey, it's one of my favorite books, but I just hated it because, like, I had already read the book. I feel like if I hadn't have read the book and been such an avid reader at the time, I would have liked this movie. Yeah. Because it was marketed for me as a Oh, kid, yeah. Right? Like, you were 13 at the time, right? So this was, like, right in your... or 13, yeah. Yeah, this would have been, like, your wheelhouse. This was the same year that, like, Mean Girls came out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So, there you go. Um, anyway, that's all I have to say about this movie. Uh, next week, we're gonna do a movie I actually like. Next week, we're gonna do Stardust. Yay. Uh arguably i think and i think neil gaiman actually agrees arguably probably the best book to film adaption where i actually prefer the film to the book really so that doesn't happen often but i do i do think that one's fair uh now uh you can check us out on uh, Twitter at feminist pod and i'm on twitter at south of grace you can also check out our wonderful twitch uh, Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash feminist critique, where we talk about politics, uh, we talk about movies, and all that fun stuff. You should definitely check us out. News. Of course, we are switching we over. We're switching the podcast over to our Twitch channel in the next couple weeks at the end of the year as like a new thing because uh, I just don't want to support Spotify and Apple anymore. I would rather support no. Daddy Bezos. Daddy Bezos? <laughs> <laughs> one corporate daddy instead of a multitude <laughs> although i think i think spotify is technically amazon too though isn't it no amazon has its own music service oh okay why yeah. do i think spotify is under amazon i could have sworn because everything's everything could have sworn amazon. okay whatever um but yeah uh ashley uh your 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 links oh yeah i'm also on twitter 
um, as Ajlene, Z-I-S-L-E-N-E-S. And then on Instagram, I've got my drag persona, which is Aurora Borealis. That's A-S-S at the end rather than the I-S. And yeah, that's it. I think that's it. Okay. All right. That's it. Well. All right. So we'll see you guys next week when we talk about Stardust. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.